Well, welcome to Church Online and we thank you for joining us on this second Sunday of Advent. We're so blessed. We're going to be celebrating love and all that love means to us. Of course, last week we celebrated hope and thought about Jesus Christ as the hope of the world. And we're grateful whether you're joining us uh, online or on Facebook Live or on uh, many different uh, ways that people can join Willow Park Church in our dwell groups and so on. We're happy that you've joined us and are willing to worship with us. It takes, it takes real focus to switch everything off and to sit and to engage in an act of worship in the way that you are. And can I encourage you that God really does want to speak to you and minister to you. And whatever you're facing in life, he loves you. He cares for you. Love is a beautiful thing. Of course, we know that famous text in 1 Corinthians 13, that love is patient and love is kind. That love does not envy. It's not jealous. It does not boast. It is not arrogant. It is not self-seeking. It does not dishonor others in the way that they speak. It does not keep a record of wrong or isn't easily angered. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. Love is always hopes. It always perseveres. It always trusts. It always protects. And as we worship now, focus on the love of God that can make such a difference. Let me pray. Father, thank you that we can celebrate the love of God in the world and we can celebrate the grace. And Lord, as we worship together, wherever we are, may a very strong sense of your Holy Spirit come and start to speak to us. Clearly, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
We light the second candle of Advent as we think about the love of God. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Love. The scripture is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but can receive everlasting life. It's the love of God that reaches out to us. It's the love of God that saves us. It's the love of God that makes such a difference in our lives. It's the love of God that gives us the light of Christ that shines within us. That verse, so well known, John 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world. And maybe you don't realise how much God actually cares for you and loves you. Let's pause for a moment when we're thinking about love and take communion. And as we take communion, remind ourselves of the love of God expressed through Christ's death upon the cross. When Christ was was hanging on the cross, his arms were stretched out to the left and to the right. What was he actually doing? He was reaching out to grab the hand of God and he was reaching out to grab the hand of mankind. And he brought the two together. And when he said, it is finished, literally, God and man could now be reunited in fellowship, in intimacy, and that man can now walk again with God. It's incredible. It's glorious. And it happened only because his body was broken. So Father, we thank you that this bread reminds us of the body of Christ that was crushed and broken for our iniquities, that took the pain and the punishment upon himself so that we could be forgiven and free. You went through hell, to hell and back again so we would never need to, that we have been forgiven. And so we thank you for this, Lord. The body of Christ, broken for you. Eat it in remembrance. I love the Bible. I love to read it from cover to cover. I love to understand how it all connects. And in the book of Genesis, there's a story after what we call the fall of Cain and Abel. And we know the story that there we experience in the Bible the first recorded murder. When Cain kills his brother. There's an interesting verse there. It says... The blood of Abel cried out vengeance. Interesting. I want to take you forward thousands of years 
to the blood of Jesus, who himself was sacrificed wrongly, but nailed upon the cross because it was God's will. And his blood fell on the ground. And do you know what his blood said? What his blood spoke? His blood didn't cry out vengeance. His blood cried out forgiveness. Father, forgive them. That's true love. True love is to lay down your life for another. And this is the blood of Jesus that takes away the sins of the world and cries out, forgiven. Drink it in remembrance of him. And so, Father, as we continue to worship, take us to that sacred place, to that place of intimacy, where, Lord, we know your closeness and your embrace, I ask. Amen.
Thank you so much. Was that amazing? Just the sense of God's presence and celebrating all that Christ means to us. Well, we're now going to watch Willow One News and then hear the message and really pray that God will speak to you through the word as it's preached. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Thank you for joining us at Church Online. Here is your family news. Our church continues to watch and follow health guidelines from the BC government in regards to COVID-19 and what that means for in-person church services. However, we are still hoping that we can bring the sights and sounds of living nativity to neighborhoods across Kelowna and Lake Country. We have a few volunteer spots available for carolers, mannequins, and setup crew members. 
You can sign up to volunteer online at willowparkchurch.com volunteer. Also, as part of our Gift of Christmas initiative, we are giving out stockings to people in our community who are vulnerable this Christmas season. We are so thankful for all of you who picked up stockings last week. We still have a few stockings that need to be filled, and you can pick them up at any of our three locations today from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Also, please remember that next Sunday is the deadline for dropping off the filled stockings. We also want you to know that we are trying to find a safe way for people to volunteer downtown and hand out hot chocolate and socks to people in our downtown community. Watch our website for updates at willowparkchurch.com slash gift of Christmas. Did you know that we offer a free subscription box for all of our Willow Park kids to enjoy? Inside, you will find crafts, activities, family challenges, and more that make Kids Church Online just a little more fun and interactive. What's even better is we deliver the box right to your door once a month. Registration is now open for our winter box subscription, and you can sign up today on our website. Please note that even if you signed up for our previous fall boxes, you will need to re-register for the winter boxes. Learn more at willowparkchurch.com slash kidsbox. Christmas Eve is only 18 days away. We are so hopeful that we will be able to gather in person. And if so, in Kelowna, we will be gathering together at Highway 33 on Christmas Eve with seven service times to choose from, which you can attend in person or online. New this year is that we will be offering three special family-friendly services in the gym at Highway 33 at 1, 2.30, and 4.30, which we are calling Messy Church. You can register for one of those kid-friendly services by selecting one of the Messy Church options on the registration form. In Lake Country, we will be having two Christmas Eve services at 2.30 and 4 in the community gym at George Elliott Secondary School. You can register today for any of our Christmas Eve services at willowparkchurch.com slash Christmas Eve. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service. Well, welcome Willow Park Church. Uh, I'm delighted to see how much is taking place and is happening. We're still believing that God will move and work, open the way for us to do living nativity on the move. And of course, if you are being involved in blessing our community through the Christmas stockings, it would be great if you came down to the church and the next two weeks, uh, Sunday morning, gives you an opportunity to come down and drop off your stocking and uh, be able to connect with um, us here at the church and, and then just see what God is doing. Those stockings are going to be a great blessing to the different shelters and the different uh, charities that serve our community. It is uh, fantastic. But of course, we're all waiting to see the announcement uh, this week to see what is happening. And as we move towards Christmas, we have all the plans in place. But now we just need to know which way uh, things are going to unfold. But we keep praying, we keep believing. Uh, We're overwhelmed by the level of participation that people are willing to get involved with Living Nativity on the move. 
It's so exciting with the very idea of us going out and singing to our communities and blessing our communities is fantastic. And this is the one thing that um, I know Willow Park Church is deeply committed to. We are committed to sharing <clears throat> the good news with people. We committed that despite whatever is happening in the world, we are still a light that shines in the darkness. Can I remind you that uh, there are ways to give uh, online. Uh, it's difficult to give in person uh, through automation. But also, can I ask you to consider praying about your end of year giving and what the Lord is asking you to do? Of course, there are benefits to that with receipts. But this is a time of year when really asking the Lord, Lord, what and how much do you want me to give towards the mission of the church? Uh, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to engage? You know, as we give regularly, as we give sacrificially, and as we give generously, the Lord um, is with us on our mission to keep proclaiming the power of Christ and making a difference. Well, of course, today is the second uh, Sunday of Advent. And as we think about this day, I want to talk to you about, about the light of Christ. Let me remind you of Matthew chapter 4, verse 16. And of course, this quote is taken from chapter 9 of the book of Isaiah. And it says this, The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Taken straight from the prophet Isaiah, who spoke about the arrival and the coming, for unto us a child is born. But as we celebrate Christmas, as we are in the Advent season, as we think about what God has done, the first thing you notice, and it happened earlier this year, didn't it? The first thing you notice is lights appear everywhere. Christmas lights. You know, if you go downtown or you look in your neighborhood, suddenly Christmas lights are appearing. Now, usually they're a bit later than they have been. As psychologists on CBC are all talking about our need to do something that anchors us in life and normality. Kind of family rituals are important. Well, we certainly put up the Christmas tree, the earliest I can ever remember, in towards the end of November. The Christmas tree was ready to go and we assembled the Christmas tree and put the lights on. And there, the beautiful little lights, millions of small lights throughout our city are starting to shine. It's glorious. Big cities like Vancouver and New York and London, the lights are shining, the millions of life. And the lights aren't just beautiful, they're symbolic. They're symbolic that, of course, December is the darkest time of the year. In fact, December 21st is the darkest day of the year. And in the darkness, there is glorious light. And in that way, symbolically, we capture the message of Christmas that is so important for us at the moment with the pressures of COVID and with the pressures of our society and the change and the way that people are feeling. People are reporting that they're feeling more depressed, they're feeling more anxious, they're feeling more irritated. Um, 
Alcohol consumption is up by 25%. We see what is taking place in the world around us. But in the darkness shines a great light. And the message of Christmas is that there is a light that has arrived to shine in the darkness of humanity. Often what we do not realise is this. We don't realise that the Bible teaches us that this world is in a great darkness. And this darkness is in the world and this darkness is present. And this darkness shrouds our planet. Now what does darkness mean? Well darkness in a biblical sense actually means evil of course. That there is evil in the world. That there is pain in the world. That there is suffering in the world. That there is evil in the world. You only have to take time to, to watch the news channels. And you see man's ability to commit evil. You see our selfishness and our pain. The middle letter of sin is I. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Not only is, is darkness symbolic of evil in the scriptures... But it's also symbolic of ignorance. Yes, ignorance. That people are ignorant about the power and the light of God. That in their darkness, they become ignorant. And when the gospel comes into our lives, as we think about Advent, suddenly what happens is that the ignorance lifts and suddenly we see the truth. We see life. We understand the purpose. We understand the reason. We understand that there is a creator God. We understand that there's a God that loves us and cares for us and is interested in us. It's remarkable. Let me remind you of John's gospel in the opening chapter says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. You see, one of the fruits of the fall and one of the fruits of the separation that happened when man rejected God was that ignorance came into the life of human beings. I certainly remember that time when I was ignorant. I had no idea that God existed. I had no understanding. I was just kind of believed in atheism. I didn't believe in anything until suddenly the darkness that was over my eyes was lifted and suddenly my ignorance was gone and I realized that there was a light in the world and that light is Jesus and through Jesus Christ, he created all things. It's a beautiful moment when you realize. But of course, Jesus was born in a time of great pain. Herod the Great was on the throne in um, Jerusalem and ruled over the land of Judea and Samaria and that whole region. He ruled that incredible strip of land that, of course, is Israel. But the one thing we know about Herod the Great was that he was an evil man, full of violence, full of terror, full of murderous acts. He murdered men, members of his family. He, he worked against government officials. He, he, he was full of such hatred, such ambition, such 
arrogance. You saw refugees. You saw pain. You saw war. You saw injustice at the time of Herod the Great. He was a follower of the Roman Empire. He did what Caesar demanded. He was loyal. He was an oligarch. He was present and he provided the Roman Empire with so much money as he extracted taxes and wealth from the people. And they were taxed at at 30% and they experienced tyranny and pain and darkness and oppression and agony. And into this darkness and into this pain and into this agony, a light came. A child was born. And in many ways, you and I know that the world is no different. That there is darkness today. There is ignorance today. There is pain. That people are looking for an answer. But they're actually looking for the answer in all the wrong places. And the beauty of what God does in our lives is that he comes and he fills us with light. And the light came into the world. He comes and takes away our ignorance. And we see the world for what it is. And where there is darkness in our hearts, suddenly we receive the light, the saving power of grace that comes into our lives and redeems us. And maybe you are watching this this morning. And as you're watching it, can I remind you that that light can shine into your darkness. Maybe right now you ask the Lord to come and to allow that light to shine. Maybe you're a Christian who has lost uh, your way on the journey and you've lost that, that steering glorious presence of the light of God within your life. The beautiful thing is, is that you can receive that light and where you feel down, where you feel dark, where you feel depressed, where you feel broken, suddenly The light arrives and comes and brings salvation, brings hope, brings joy. The light of God has entered the world. But of course, the Isaiah scripture, which is spoken about here in the Matthew scripture, the very next thing after Jesus proclaimed The idea that the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of shadow of death, a light has dawned. The next verse after this actually says, And Jesus went and preached in Galilee the repentance and the kingdom of God. You might be saying to yourself, how can I receive the light of God within my life? Well, the way that we receive the light of God is through repentance, whether you're a non-Christian or a Christian. Because the deeper we repent, it's directly connected to the level of light that we seem to engage with God. As we repent, as we deal with our garbage, as we deal with the rubbish, as we deal with the baggage of our lives, the farther, the deeper we repent, the more the light of God is able to shine in our lives. Why? Because the message of the kingdom of God and repentance means that we lay down our wills, We lay down our life and we say, as for me, I will follow the Lord. As for me, I no longer live, but Christ that lives within me. 
And so this great light has entered the world. People don't recognize it because darkness is always affects ignorance. But if you look at Isaiah 9, you might want to take your Bibles and reread it, verse 2, verse 5, 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. You have to understand the context. Because the verses before Isaiah 8, 21, 22, haven't got it all here for you. But it describes that the people are in a darkness and they are searching for the answer themselves. And they're searching for the answer with their mediums, with contacting the dead, with the occult, with seeking after other gods in their own power and their own strength. In their ignorance, they believe that they can solve the problems of Israel on their own and the darkness will lift through their own ability to call on incarnations of, of, of spells and witchcraft and darkness. Distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land and they will look towards the earth and sea, only distress and darkness and fearful gloom. You see, the truth is this. If you don't put your trust in Jesus Christ and you put your trust in your own ability, then there is a wandering and a gloom that comes. That people wander through the darkness. That people wander and are lost. And they try to put their trust in other things. And this happens today. That they try and put their trust in things around them. Of course, what we do is we try and put our trust not so much in spells. And our ability to, to use the occult and the darkness that, that is over our lives. We often put our trust in our ignorance that science will solve all of our problems. That man's ability to, to initiate, man's ability to innovate, man's ability to be able to create in his own power and his own strength, that is all we need. And, and Isaiah 8 captures the nation that has started to live on their own, that has started to live by their own power, by their own, own abilities. And they're saying, we can do it on our own. We can do it with our own spells. And often modern uh, society says, we can do it on our own. We can do it with our own innovation. We can do it on our own with our own ideas. We do not need God. We are good enough to be able to do this. We have the ability to do it. And that is ignorance. Because... Real light comes by connecting to this child that was born at Christmas. The shadow of humanity can only be lifted by the light and the power of Jesus Christ coming into a life. People live in ignorance. They try and do it themselves. They try and go their own way. And that is darkness. But Christ comes to shine a light. Oh, we believe in human ability as, as, a, as a species. 
We believe in our own arrogance and our own ability and our own strength. I mean, this was an advert that appeared in the New York Times about the meaning of Christmas. The meaning of Christmas is that love will triumph and that we'll be able to put together a world of unity and peace. This is not the meaning of Christmas. The meaning of Christmas is not that love will triumph and that we will be able, we will be able to put together a world of unity and peace. We cannot put together a world of unity and peace. Human nature stops us from putting together a world of unity and peace. You only have to look over the last 12 months to see how divided, how dark, how troubled our world can truly be. The message of Christmas is this, that humanity cannot help itself because we are in darkness. Evil has blinded us and we are in ignorance And the meaning of Christmas is that a great light has come from the outside, from God himself, into this world to show us the way to live. I cannot find salvation on my own. I can only find salvation through trusting the light of God. For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. I need to be guided by an external light that comes from the outside. I need to be guided because humanity's abilities may be remarkable, but humanity's abilities will never bring the light and the unity and the peace. Only one person can bring that light and that unity and that peace. And that person is that baby that was born in that stable. That person is Jesus Christ. He is the saviour of the world, dear friends. He is the one. He's the one that can do it. He is the one that can make the difference. You may not know Vaclav Havel. He was uh, the president of uh, the Czech Republic. He was a writer, a philosopher, a thinker. He had a frontline seat in Central Europe as he saw communism, as he saw Uh, the power of uh, Nazism and, and, and the agony created through the Holocaust as he saw the shifting beliefs that science is the answer. And when he stepped back, having been one of the most informed, thoughtful presidents in Eastern Europe, he came to this conclusion as a playwright and a philosopher. He came to the conclusion that the pursuit of the good life will not help humanity save itself. Nor is democracy alone enough. Havel said, a turning to and a seeking of God is needed. The human race constantly forgets, he added, that he is not God. You see, Isaiah 8 Those last verses describe a people who believe they can do it themselves. And the great failing of humanity is that we believe we are gods. That we can do it. And as Havel reminds us, 
We forget, he added, that he is not God. Yes, we may have democracy. Yes, we may believe in our systems of capitalism and our constructs of the way that the world should be run. Yes, we may believe in the power of the markets and we believe in our way of freedom and we believe in our democracy. And those are wonderful, inspiring things. But we, at the end of the day, it is not enough. Science. Our political views, the way we view the world is not enough because we have to remember that a turning to to and seeking of God is needed. And within each one of our lives, we need to be willing to turn and to seek God. We cannot do it ourselves. It's not like a Coke advert when we can all join together and sing a lovely song and we all become one perfect world. No, no, because man's darkness, man's ignorance needs a light. And we are not the light, but the light has come into the world externally so that we can turn our lives over. And when we turn our lives over to Jesus Christ, this light explodes in our lives and suddenly it all becomes clear and we understand the reason we understand why we understand the creator we understand that God has brought his light into the world (laughs) there's a lot of depressing people out there Bertrand Russell a great uh, English lord but not only that um, from one of the great families of the United Kingdom. But of course, he was the sort of leader of uh, rational philosophy and, and he talked about the reality of humanity. And basically, in his great essays, he came to the conclusion that all the noonday brightness of human, human genius are destined to extinction in the vast death of the solar system. And that the whole temple of man's achievements must eventually be buried beneath the debris of the universe universe in ruin. In other words, all of this universe one day will be worthless. In other words, one day the universe that we live in will all collapse on itself and we will be forgotten and we will not exist And all there'll be is swirling atoms of nothingness. And it's gone. It's forgotten. It's forever nothing. Well, I want to say to Mr. Russell that the Bible tells me something different. The end of the story is this. It's not that the universe will end up suddenly extinct, gone, forgotten, And that everything you are and everything you've done and the way that you've lived will be meaningless. No. Because the Bible teaches us that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. That that light of Christ that was birthed there at the Christmas story will shine so brightly that the supernova of a new creation will come and God will make all things new. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. This false prophecy, this philosophical view, this idea that humanity is nothing more 
than just a random chance that has happened in a burning universe that one day will all disappear in a moment. Gone. We had a moment. We were sat in our lounge. The Christmas tree was, was there with the little lights on and all of a sudden, for some reason, the Christmas tree just lit up. Like the brightness of the bulbs went from, if you imagine, it was like at 5% and suddenly went to 10%. And it was, we were like, wow, look at the Christmas tree. What happened? The lights were burning bright. And then, of course, boom, it all went out. I said, I think we just had a Christmas tree supernova event. That the lights were there and then they burned brightly and it was gone. See, that's the picture that Russell is trying to paint of humanity. That we're here, we burn, and we're gone. No. No, no, no. We are here. And one day we will meet the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords face to face. You see, on those living in the land of deep, darkness a light has dawned see it's not a case of humanity just learning to pull together it's not a case of us just kind of saying you know it's going to be okay a light has dawned what does this verse actually mean a light has dawned well the verse means literally In the Hebrew, the word means flash. I love that. That in the darkness, suddenly there's a flash of light and there's a blazing. And suddenly the evil, the ignorance, the results of sin that happened at the fall. Suddenly this light dawned. It shone. And it brought with it. Goodness and the power of God. Now, of course, when it talks about the light in, in, the, in Isaiah 9, it's talking about the sun. It's talking about the sun has risen. That in the coldness of night, suddenly the sun has risen and light enters the world. Hope enters the world. Love enters the world. God's joy enters the world. Meaning enters the world. And that where there is darkness and where there is injustice and where there is human uh, selfishness, suddenly there is a different way. And that different way is the light and the glory of God as light has entered the world. For unto us a son is born. It's dawned. Literally, a flash. A light has appeared. There's a lot of light in the story of the nativity. Have you ever read the story and just highlighted the moment when light appeared? With the star, with the angels. Moments of blazing glory with the choirs of angels coming. So much light in the story. That's because there's so much darkness in the human heart. And we all need the light of God. And when we we have the light of God within us, we live 
and move and have our being. That God is with us. We live and we move and have our being with him. And whatever darkness you are facing, whether it's sickness, whether it's financial problems, whatever darkness you are facing, whether it's addiction, whether you've lost your way in your relationship, surrender your life to Jesus Christ and you will find the light that will guide you through your darkness. Whether you feel as if you have no hope, you have no purpose, you have no meaning. Surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and his light will guide you. Maybe you've got family members who are struggling, that are facing pain and difficulty. Pray that the light of God will shine and the light of God will move. Surrender your whole life to him. A light has dawned. The sun has risen. Now, what do we understand about the sun itself? I love the sun. I love it. I was, this uh, Friday, I was skiing uh, with the kids up at Big White, and it was a perfect blue sky. It was marvelous. Yesterday, I was praying about this sermon, and I was preparing it, and I was doing some, some gardening and yard work, and, and although it was minus two, I... I sat down on my chair in the sun and just sat there for 25, 30 minutes just meditating on scriptures and the warmth of the sun. It was glorious. And after about 25 minutes, I thought I'd better get on breaking the leaves. But it was wonderful to feel the sun. I hoped I would get a suntan, but nope, not at all. No suntan. But the one thing we know about sun is that the sun always brings life. And when you have Jesus, the light of the world within you, what you have is life. What you have is joy. The power of the sun. I mean, we know that if the sun went out, that this planet would die. That we know that life would become extinct. We know that light from the sun to this planet takes seven minutes to arrive. And it feeds. It is the energy that brings creation together. That helps the forests to grow. That helps the jungles to breathe. It gives that that power and that light. It is the light that brings life. And in our same way, my soul, my life, it thrives, it grows when the light of Jesus consumes me, when the light of Jesus comes and is at work within me. The second thing I know about light and the sun is that the light and the sun brings truth. Have you ever tried to drive on a highway without your lights at night? It's scary. Or that moment, I don't know if you've ever had this, but I've driven some old cars in my time. I'm going down the highway and something happens to the lights and they fuse for a moment. And my, I used to have a car that when I turned the light switch, sometimes if I didn't quite do it right, all the lights would go out, not come on. That's scary. Get that sorted out. But what the headlamps do is that they show you the truth of the highway and it shows you the light of where you need to go and what direction you need. And it's the same with the sun, the light of God. It brings 
absolute truth. It shows us the way to live our life. It shows us how we should navigate because light always brings life. Light always brings truth. And light always brings the third thing, beauty. How many times have you scrolled through Instagram and you've seen a sunset? People love sunsets. We have some great sunsets here in the Okanagan Valley. Beautiful. And people love it. When we see a beautiful sunset, we always take photographs of it. We want to capture the moment. And within our lives, when we surrender to this light that has dawned, we receive life and life to the full. When we surrender to this light, we receive true truth, not ignorance, not darkness, like humanity is lost. We have truth and that truth gives us the gift of eternal life. And we have a beauty, a beauty that enters our lives, a beauty that makes a difference, a beauty that comes and fills us. That's the work of salvation. No other world religion can say this. No other world religion talks about a saviour. For unto us a child is given, a child is born, no other. For for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his the greatness of his government and the peace, there will be no end. A child is born and yet this child has all the titles of God the creator. Think about that. A child is born and yet this child is described as God. As God. I mean, who else? His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, talking about Jesus Christ. And of course, that is the power of the Christian message. The power of the Christian message is that God himself came down to this world as the great author And writer Dorothy Sayers wrote, is that whatever you believe about Christianity, God was willing to come to humanity. God was willing to become human. God was willing to experience our pain, our isolation, the reality of creation. He was willing to humble himself and be born in a manger. God himself became human to rescue humanity. And so when we look at these names... We are reminded that he is mighty God. What does that demand of us? Well, it demands of us that we bow the knee and we say, mighty God, I give my whole life over to you. Mighty God, I need you. Mighty God, come and meet with me. Mighty God, I give myself to you. And Maybe that's exactly where you now need to be. At the end of this message, 
a message about light, a message about hope, a message about the light that shines in the darkness. Maybe the place you and I need to return to is that we need to return to bow our knee and give our whole life over to Jesus. Say, yes, Lord, mighty God, that baby was God himself coming to rescue humanity, coming to pay the price, coming to give his life. Yes, mighty God, I give my life to you. Wonderful counsellor. That means that throughout your life now, you will have somebody that understands you. You will have somebody that listens to you. You will have the Lord that is with you, a friend that sticks close, a friend that is with you, a friend that loves you. Everlasting Father, as the great prayer says, our Father who art in heaven, Prince of Peace. You see, with all of man's darkness, with all of man's craziness of Isaiah chapter 8, verse 21, 22, when we try and do it ourselves with our own incantations, with our own innovation, with our own identity of self, and we fail miserably because you look at the darkness in the world, there is only one place to travel and that is to gain your peace from the Prince of Peace. That is to realise that we need to bow the knee to the mighty God, that he becomes our everlasting Father and he becomes that wonderful counsellor within our lives. What a Christmas message. What a remarkable truth. A light has dawned. Think about that. Allow that, this verse, to fill your heart. Allow it to consume you. Allow the Advent message of the dawning of light, the salvation, to change you. What's your next step? Well, if you've taken the time to listen to this sermon, then perhaps your next step is again to bow the knee and to give your whole life over to mighty God. It's time to invite the light of Christ to shine in your life. Perhaps it's now time to get right with God. How? By praying. And I'm going to pray as I close. And if you want to get right with God right now, in this Christmas season, in this COVID chaos, in the pressures that we are facing, let the light of God shine within you. Then invite him to come. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we give our lives over to you. We ask that you would come and take away the darkness, take away the evil, take away the ignorance and come and bring that healing, life-giving power. You said, Jesus, I am the light of the world. And the light has dawned. And now we give our lives over to that light. 
We give our lives over to Jesus. A light that brings life. A light that brings truth. A light that brings beauty into our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your light that shines in the darkness. Amen. Well, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And if you get opportunity and you have filled your stocking, please make your way down to church. Drop it off so we can quarantine those stockings. And then we can get them to the agencies to bless our city. Because we're all about the light of Christ shining in our community. And please, um, stay in touch. Drop us an email. If this message has blessed you, or if you've recommitted your life to Jesus, or if you've decided to become a Christian, drop us an email. Contact us. I would love to connect with you. And I know that this Christmas, although it's going to be very different, could be the most glorious Christmas for you because Jesus Christ has truly become your Lord and your Savior. Thank you so much.